0: episode three hello everyone welcome back um, to chiron and gemini i'm your host my Radley al i'm so grateful for you to be here with me right now in this moment truly i really am um I was having a difficult time pressing the record button for this one for some reason. I was kind of on fire. I recorded episode one and then I recorded episode two and then I got busy with work and three days later I haven't recorded anything and I just felt like if I waited any longer that fire within me was probably going to go out. So here I am, um... I attempted to write an outline and uh, it didn't seem like it was going as, uh, it wasn't flowing as much as I liked, the outline wasn't, wasn't, and um, so I've decided to totally improvise this one and um, I trust that whatever I'm meant to share will come through. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out episode two, where I share a little bit about my childhood experiences and how I feel some of those experiences and stories I created in my mind ultimately led me down the path of drugs and alcohol. So, diving in, here we go. So, um, I shared in the last episode that I was visiting the rooms of AA for the first time at age 24. So my drinking career essentially was very short-lived. I started drinking at 19, and by 24, I knew that something was up. And actually, I should say that the people that loved me um, knew that something was up. My younger sister and mom came to visit me um, in LA during that time and noticed that something was up with me something was off and I just wasn't behaving in the most authentic ways and I was lying and deceiving and totally smelled like alcohol most of their stay and towards the end of their week there my younger sister had a heart-to-heart with me and she cried and I cried and she we googled an AA meeting and she took me to my first AA meeting and um, I remember feeling, uh, super emotional. Um, but I felt, I did feel that I knew that I needed to make a change. I knew that I was tired of letting people down. I knew that I was tired of living this deceitful life. I just wasn't feeling fulfilled and there was no meaning in my life. Um, so, I knew that I wanted to make a change, uh, but sadly, she left, and um she you know she went back to Houston with my mom and um, I kind of stopped going to the meetings and pretty quickly, four months in. For I managed to have four months of sobriety. I began to drink again. I remember it was for Cinco de Mayo. I was working at Pink Taco in in uh, L.A. and uh, and I don't know what overcame me, but everybody was having so much fun, and um, the margaritas looked so damn amazing, and I just decided to take a shot of tequila and uh, the yeah I was at it all over again. Um, I was so far gone, um, that I decided I had to leave LA by like March, I'm sorry, May 12th. So this, so I drank again for the first time, May 5th. And by May 12th ish, I was like, if I stay here in LA, I'm going to die. So coincidentally, during this time, a friend of mine was driving back to Houston from LA and uh, I failed to mention that during this stint in Los Angeles, I didn't have a car. Um, It was one of the most challenging times in my life. I mean, I was a struggling actress. I was juggling like three or four different jobs to make ends meet, I was living in Hollywood. I was living this crazy party life. Um, I didn't have a car and it was just a fucking shit show, honestly. <laughs> so, my lovely friend Sam uh, suggested that I ride back to Houston with him. And I was like, okay, this sounds like a great idea. <laughs> and the night before, I managed to pack all my crap the day before, I guess. I mean, I have very little memory of a lot of this, but I managed to pack and then I met a neighbor in my apartment complex and decided to drink all night and snort cocaine till about six o'clock in the morning. And, um, my friend Sam was set to meet me up at 7am to then begin our drive back to Houston. I was so anxious for like the majority of that trip. Uh, I also have this strange phobia of vomiting and, um, that's totally unrelated from um, from the drinking, but uh, but yeah, I just had so much anxiety driving in this vehicle with my friend, afraid that I was going to vomit the whole damn ride. It was just torturous. It was it was not fun. So I make it back to Houston, and I decide that I've got to make. A change. I've got to make a change, and uh, and and I met some people, and um, I I mean the intention was truly there. I mean for like for several years after this first stint in the rooms of AA, uh, for several years after that, I've really tried several times to get sober. And it just didn't stick. And for whatever reason, just hearing that I was going to have to do these steps and then make a list of people that I resented and, and thinking, Like the thought of having my dad and my mom on there and my siblings and having to then make amends to them just seemed so fucking intimidating to me that I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to the rooms of AA. I'm not getting a sponsor. I don't want to, I don't need to do that. I can do it a different way. And, um, and clearly I couldn't. (laughs) And mind you, during this time, I'm still pursuing my acting career, but behaving like a crazy person and drinking and drugging myself I mean so many times I didn't show up to my auditions I didn't show up to meetings Um, I really feel like I sabotaged a lot of my opportunities with the acting career simply because I was so caught up in the party life and also super caught up in being loved and loving. So I had this whole thing with wanting to be in a relationship all the time and obviously it all goes back to my inability to have any love for myself so i was searching outside of me to feel connection to feel validation to feel love to feel feel care nurture etc i had no awareness of myself no abilities to self regulate my nervous system etc cetera, etc cetera. so my life was essentially upside fucking down it was upside down and um, i remember writing in my journal over and over again i just want to become the woman that you want me to become god i just want to step into that Uh, what do i got to do this that blah and the other like the desire to want to change was there but i just didn't know how to fucking do it i did not know how to do it and Oh, um, I feel like all of the stars began to align sometime around 2012 when, or 2013 when I was offered a role in a film with Mr. Daniel Baldwin. And he's been super vocal and open about his recovery. And so I got to experience him... For a good amount of time on this set, and pretty quickly he noticed that there was something really not right with me. And so I don't, I think, I want to say about two weeks into shooting this film, HOA, um, he whipped out this script called um, The Wisdom to Know the Difference, and he said that he saw me in, this, in the role of Hope, was her name, and um, I remember he gave me the script, and I read it, and I remember being in tears, because I felt like, oh my God, this is my story. It's essentially a, um, a movie on recovery, this girl Hope. Um, is addicted to heroin and um bob daniel baldwin's character ultimately helps her to get sober and so he saw me in that role and essentially offered it to me and was like i'm getting this filmed next month um i want you to be i want you to be my hope and um and i was like okay i can do that and um sure enough HOA wrapped a month later i was shooting the wisdom to know the difference and no i was not sober during this time i was still drinking i was still drugging myself um i was still partying to the wee hours of the night um sleeping in between takes cuz i was so fucking hung over um, yeah, it was, it was not, I mean, the things that I put my body through, oh gosh, it's insane. Um, so, but it can't, the movie was so beautiful. Sadly, I don't believe it ever was distributed, but, um, but yeah, it was so healing. Now looking back, um, it was just so healing for me to experience, Myself essentially through that character. Um, and so we finished filming the movie, and you know, everybody goes back to wherever they go back to. I went back to Houston, continuing to live my little life, um, trying to figure out what the hell I was gonna do, what was next, where should I be, where should I go, like, all like, constantly thinking about the whole acting thing like why is it not unfolding in the way that i i want it to unfold et cetera. and you know little did i know that it wasn't unfolding i mean who knows why it didn't unfold in the way that i wanted it to but i trust that a lot of the reason then was because i was just so completely out of my mind and emotionally emotionally unwell and completely unavailable and disconnected from self So, about one or two years went by and Wisdom premiered. Uh, It premiered at a festival in New York. And um, I figured out a way to get myself to New York, even though I was broke. I think I put my $600 ticket on my credit card and I got myself to New York, where the executive producer of Wisdom to Know the Difference was going to be in attendance amongst, you know, Daniel Baldwin and his brother. I believe because Billy Billy Baldwin was in it as well. And um, anyway, so I was like, I, I I'm the star of this movie. I have to go to this premiere. So um, so I I go to New York and um, and yeah, I the premiere was amazing. The movie was beautiful. It really was. It was really well put together. And I was kind of surprised at my performance. (laughs) It's probably some of my best raw work, I'd say. Um, And there was an after party and um, there was Myra at the after party having a good old time drinking away amongst all of these lots of sober people. And the executive producer of this film it was is sober and actually owned uh, a few recovery centers coincidentally, and so I didn't realize that I was being, I suppose, observed. But um, but I think a few people noticed that you know I had a drinking problem, and uh, that night kind of went south, uh, or that whole trip went south. I just I drank and drank and drank so much every single day um a few months before the premiere uh, a relationship of mine had ended and I was just completely distraught and in shambles and just took it completely personal there's something wrong with me why can't I keep a relationship is it because I'm not pretty enough not smart enough not this enough successful enough whatever the fuck story was going on in my mind and so I was I was in a lot of pain and and you know I I get to this premiere and start drinking and all of that pain just bubbled to the surface and totally made a fool out of myself um, during that um, that stay in New York um, and a few weeks later I. It was my birth, not a few weeks later, a few, a couple of months later, I think the premiere was in June. Uh, yes, the premiere was in June and my birthday was in July. My 28th birthday was in July. And I, again, went balls to the wall. Um, I remember I went to Austin like a week before my birthday and uh, I don't even, I think I went for a work trip, which I hardly did did any work I ultimately got fired from that job I sucked I was terrible it was a sales position for like safety equipment um I was my friend Gina gave me the position but I was just so unwell I was not I just needed to tend to my heart to my mind to my soul I was totally destroying everything I touched essentially during this time in my life and so And so I'm on this work trip and I'm supposed to be working, but I'm not. And I meet some people that I think I kind of knew. I don't really remember the details, but I ended up partying with these humans like every single day for, I don't know how many days. And of course I was the last person, um, up every time. Like, um, and the last night that I was there, I was up until, I think seven in the morning, but I think we had stopped doing drugs and drinking around like 4 a.m., but I started feeling an immense amount, amount of anxiety and just terrified that my life was going to end. And the guy that I was with, was totally completely passed out. And I'm alone in this room in a corner, rocking myself, like praying to all the gods. Like I promise I won't ever drink again. I promise I'll never do drugs again. I promise. I promise. Just let me survive this night. Please God, let me survive this night. And, um, gosh, I was so, so worried, so worried. And, I finally got through the night, I think I finally fell asleep, I don't know at what time, Um, and I got some rest in and I was supposed to drive back to Houston pretty early because my mom at the time was getting her her, uh, bone reinserted into her brain after having had a brain aneurysm and so she was in the hospital during this time and I was supposed to go and be there for her meanwhile I'm in Austin fucking Texas partying my little tits off um and so I wake up this Monday morning or Monday afternoon essentially and make up whatever story I made up to my family and I text my family members and I'm like I'm on my way I'll be there soon and um and so yeah I finally get to the hospital and um and they actually wanted me there quickly because they were surprising me for my birthday. My birthday was just two or three days away. And um, they were surprising me for my birthday. They had a cake and they had some Prosecco, I think. And of course, like, I don't know. They, I mean, they knew I had a problem, I think. But they still provided the alcohol sometime or most of the time. So, but... I should take a few steps back so after having prayed in the corner the majority of the morning um, hoping that I that my life didn't end on my drive back to Houston from Austin towards the end of my trip towards the end of my drive I'm like well I could I could have a a glass of wine, just one, you know. Um, and since I was gonna be staying at the hospital with my mom, I was like, well, I'll just have a few bottles of little mini bottles of wine while I just hang out by myself with my mom. Um and so that's what I did. I went to the seven or the convenience store and I bought myself some cheap bottles of wine and I drank a few of them before I even got to the hospital. Then I get to the hospital. There's a little mini party for me. And then I continue to drink more, uh, from the alcohol that they brought me. And, um, long story short, I got fucking wasted, wasted. I mean, I don't even remember most of the evening I slept on the floor. It was just not, it was not a good situation. Um, and then the next day, I, I told my family I was going to go hang out with some friends to celebrate my birthday, and then I didn't return for like two or three days. And I actually didn't return, period. I My birthing came around, and I got super wasted, made some really bad choices, uh, made some really bad decisions, and, um, and I think... Uh, a couple of days after my birthday like my body just couldn't fucking handle any more alcohol and I remember I was crying on the floor of my girlfriend's apartment and I think she was in her room already um, maybe sleeping and I was just distraught wasted like not feeling well about myself and I remember seeing some scissors on the floor and I just contemplated suicide in that moment and um, and instead of doing that, I, something overcame me and I decided to text, um, Daniel Baldwin and I told him that I needed help. And pretty fucking immediately by like a few hours went by and, and they had already like, um, Daniel Baldwin had spoken to this other individual who was in charge of this recovery center, SOBA in uh, san antonio contacted him and they called me and they're like we have a bed for you we can get you the help that you need we'll put you on a plane right now get over here now and um and i just was so anxious so anxious i was like i can't get on a plane but i promise you i'll be there and my girlfriend that i that i was with she's like i'll take you myra i'll take you and um and we took off she drove me to San Antonio wow I haven't thought about this story in a really long time and tears are coming up for me um yeah we embarked on this little journey and um and I headed to San Antonio and I didn't know what it was gonna look like or be like or I didn't know what rehab was. I didn't know anything about any of this. And I just said yes to this gift that was, that was given to me. And I'm so fucking grateful that I said yes. Um, and that essentially was the beginning of my healing journey. Um, I finally got to San Antonio and I did my little intake that they do they take all your information and I want to say they do p-tests and uh, ask you a bunch of questions I don't really remember it was I can't believe almost seven years ago um and um and yeah and I remember that the owner of the rehab Mr. Greg Hanley whom I absolutely (laughs) owe so much of my beautiful life to um was there and he told me he was so proud of me and and he said you know if you if you stick with sobriety you will have a life beyond your wildest dreams and he was absolutely right i'm currently living a life beyond my wildest dreams and i also remember daniel baldwin told me that this the movie that i filmed uh, wisdom to know the difference was going to change my life and And at first, well, for a long time, I thought that the movie was going to win a ton of awards and and I was going to finally be discovered in Hollywood, etc. because of this movie. And ultimately, I received a much greater gift, which was essentially returning back to self and saying yes to me and relearning or learning to love myself, etc. So absolutely this that movie absolutely changed my life and i'm forever grateful forever grateful to all of the humans that contributed to this this new life of mine thank you thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart and know that if you are out there and you are currently suffering from <sighs> drug and alcohol addiction know that sobriety is totally possible and totally doable it takes It takes work, it takes dedication, but it's absolutely possible. I think this is a good stopping point. Uh, Please tune in to episode four, where I will dive deeper into the hope part of the experience, strength, and hope. Um, How my life ultimately unfolded, the struggles that came up during sobriety, Um, it's not peaches and cream just because you decide to stop drinking, um, realizing that drugs and alcohol was just a symptom of my spiritual dis-ease was huge for me. I mean, I really thought that my life was going to be beautiful and blissful if only I eliminated these little bad things and ultimately I was hit with the hard truth that it really went deeper than that. So... Yeah, stay tuned for episode four. And thank you again so much for being here, Chiron and Gemini. And I'm your host, Myra Leal. I'll talk to you soon. Sending so, so, so much love. Mwah.